0: Wednesday! Uh, and this is the Snakes Cast, and I'm Emily. I'm Jonathan. And we're going to be talking some more about abstract games, uh, whatever that means. figured it out I don't know we're We're, not sure we're working towards
1: it we're working towards it Uh, we're probably going to sort of go by example and by understanding the feel of what makes these games enjoyable to people sort of arrive at a definition that works so let's see what are the ones we tend to bring up most often at the cafe apart from the ones that everybody's already heard Hmm. of
0: Well, we talked about chess Mm -hmm. already. We're not going to talk more about chess. I think there are people in the world that know much more about chess that can talk about chess more effectively for longer than us.
1: You pretty much already know whether or not you like this game.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing you were saying earlier was whenever anybody tries to make... An abstract game. They always start off with some sort of chess variant.
1: Typically, yeah, that's and they're they're course. very
0: difficult to make make right and make you know fun and entertaining mm-hmm. and not absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people have succeeded. There are a lot of really interesting chess variants out there sure. that I think are worth talking about. There's um, Hive chess with bees and well, bugs mostly there's
1: grasshoppers grasshoppers and spiders ants. ladybugs
0: ants um chess with bugs basically hive is you are trying to protect your queen bee and you have these little like hexagons that are different bugs and on your turn you either draft a bug from your unplayed hexagons or you move a hexagon that you have in this kind of like growing kind of like Hive, like the name, mm-hmm. get it. Um, <laughs> trying to keep your queen bee from being totally surrounded, and I'm assume I'm assuming eaten alive because that's how things work in the bug kingdom.
1: I tend to imagine that uh, that she overheats because that's how uh, oh. that that's how like a hive of insects will actually fight something. that's bigger than them; they'll just uh, surround, surround it until it like till, and they, and they overheat and basically cook. But that's
0: uh, horrifying! It's, it's so well, interesting. It's. Uh, it Wait, never occurred to me that there was, like, real-life bug science behind the mechanics of Hive.
1: There probably isn't. And weirdly, it makes the game feel a bit less abstract, I suppose. Yeah. And a big part of the appeal, I think, of Hive is those bits, those big, chunky, bakelite mm-hmm. uh, Bugs. hexagons. Mm-hmm. They're really, really nice and chunky. You can play them outdoors on a windy day. It's not going to be an issue. Yeah, you, you can, can carry
0: them in a bag and they rattle a little bit. It's, yeah, it's, great. it's
1: They're really satisfying mm-hmm. to move around because they've got a nice heft to them. And uh, it... And, it, it, it feels like playing, you know, a proper fancy chess set, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it, it doesn't have a board. You know, nope. the pieces are the board. You start with nothing out there and people take turns adding one at a time. You either add a new piece or you take a piece that's already out there and you move it somewhere else. And if you surround the queen bee, you win. And it's so easy to get into. And yet, I mean, there's, there's so much going on. These different types of bugs that move mm-hmm. in different ways. Uh, and it just looks so good. And the other thing is that the different bugs move in ways that are appropriate for that type of bug. Like the grasshopper actually hops over other things. The the beetle is slow but strong and it can climb on top of it. I think that's reaching
0: a little bit. Well, it it sort of
1: works, though. I mean, the mosquito can suck the blood out of one that's next to it and use the same ability as it has. Yes, because that's how blood sucking works. A
0: mosquito drinks my blood and suddenly it's human and goes to work and pays bills and watches Netflix late at night. The fact
1: that we're talking about this, though, means that the game might not actually be all that abstract. You know, if the bugs seem to have a sort of a character that's appropriate for that type of bug, isn't it becoming representational then instead Um, of abstract? it's, It's, it's It's not... Friday yet. It's not Friday yet. We've been over it's this. It's not Friday yet. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, Leave so... the bugs
0: alone. <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> so uh, the one that I tend to bring up most often for new players, um, and, and again, abstract, as a category mm-hmm. is really good because you can get started quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kulami is the one that I almost always bring out mm-hmm. as an introduction to the style of games because... Um, well, a few reasons. Firstly, it just looks really nice. It's got these uh, rectangular bits of wood with little divots on them to place your red and black marbles, and it just looks nice. Yeah,
0: talking about like the tactile appeal of hive, you know, oh, like yeah. the big heavy bake like bits, like Kulami is the same. It's got these like beautiful like glass marbles and these like big solid wood bits. Mm-hmm. It's great. feels great. Again, like chucking in a bag, jiggles around. It's waterproof. We can and, play it in bars, we play it in parks.
1: And yet there's not so many pieces that you feel overwhelmed the mm-hmm. way you can with a, with a bigger, like a Euro game or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, you just take turns putting marbles onto these wooden blocks um, according to certain rules. There's certain places where you can go, certain places where you can't go, but you take turns placing one marble at a time. When there's no room for somebody to play, then you break these, wooden, the, the, these this pattern of wooden blocks up into pieces, and you'll take some of the pieces and I'll take some of the pieces. If, uh, if a block has mostly red marbles on it, the red player takes it. If a block has mostly black marbles on it, the black player takes it. The big block's worth a bunch of points, little block's worth a few points, high score wins. Mm-hmm. And I think what makes this game so good for first-time players, is that it's difficult to see at a glance what effect a particular move is going to have. If I put a marble here instead of there, it's not all that clear how that's going to affect how things go in the long run. Mm -hmm. And because of that, people don't feel obligated to really think through every possible permutation of what this is going to do. They can just say, oh, I'll do this. They feel free enough to just do stuff. Whereas in a game like chess, for example, where everything you do is going to have ramifications way on down the line, you're expected to think 12 moves ahead, the pressure, I think, can it's ruin so the stressful. fun for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And, um, and and that's a problem with a lot of abstract games, I find. Mm-hmm. That because the fact that all that information is out there, you feel expected to figure it out. With Kalami though, because it's so open and so unclear how things are mm-hmm. proceeding, you feel free to just play.
0: Mm-hmm talking more about you know games like chess that have that element of stress of like plan everything ahead of time Mm -hmm. and don't mess it up Mm -hmm. because you know everything it'll be ruined um the duke is another sort of like chess analog that really amplifies that stress a lot and again like we were we were saying you know earlier with you know backgammon having dice like chess like the Duke does have a random element to it. It's basically chess, but instead of having pawns, you have tiles and your tiles are double-sided. So the idea is whenever you do something with a tile, so you know you move your footman here, you flip it over and then suddenly it does something different its mm-hmm. next turn. But you only start off with three tiles on the board, and similarly to Hive, on your turn, you either do something with something you've got on the board, or you draw something at random out of a bag. So unlike Hive, where you have all of your bugs available to you in any order you choose, there is that random element of the Duke where you have to like stick your hand in the bag, and you really, really hope that it's one <laughs> of the two tiles in there that will save your ass this round.
1: It's great because, I mean, the, that randomness does a lot, I think, to make the Duke feel accessible. The other thing about it is the fact that each piece, uh, there's a ton of pieces in, mm-hmm. in the Duke, and they each have a different way of moving, but the way they move is actually printed physically on the piece itself. All you have to do is look. You don't have to memorize how mm-hmm. these things go. You just look, and it tells you right there on the piece, this is how this thing moves. Um, you can't. I guess you kind of have to memorize the, um, the underside of it, but you can check. You know, it's 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 all right there. Or
0: you don't, and you live your life dangerously. Yeah, you know,
1: exactly. You're like, like you can... well,
0: I forget what happens when I flip over my pike man. Hope it doesn't suck. Like, <laughs> here I go.
1: That that makes it both accessible and deep, and uh, and a really popular game to recommend.
0: Mm-hmm. And I uh, somebody told me once, I can't remember who, I can't remember if they work with us or not, but uh, they said that the Duke looked like something that was developed around the time like computers computers started beating people at chess, right? Because having that random element of drawing something out of the bag, and also having the sort of like unpredictable non-repeat of movements made it much more difficult for you know a program to solve you know it was a much more difficult you know quote-unquote problem to solve
1: it was i mean the the way that deep blue beat gary kasparov was by having this gigantic library of openings Mm -hmm. it had memorized every possible opening to a game of chess up to like the first 20 moves or something which is crazy Mm -hmm. um good luck doing that with the duke
0: yeah, like you can't. Like you, you, you can't. You'd, you'd, right you'd now, you need a I computer mean,
1: the size of the universe. To I mean,
0: like, give it. You know, like 10, 20 years. The way things are going, sure. maybe. But like, right now, safe to say, could be really, really hard.
1: Still, though, I mean, considering that archers can shoot things from a distance in the Duke, and considering that um, you know footmen tend to move slowly and ploddingly. Are we, we still Is arguing? It really an are we still arguing Is it really about this? Really abstract. If okay, sorry, sorry. Friday, 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 Friday.
0: Friday is going to be no longer a board game podcast. And instead it'll be like a philosophy and like linguistics (laughs) podcast, I guess. Pretty much. Or
1: more like semantics. I hope it's about philosophy now, but semantics Because semantics is boring. So one subgenre of abstract games that's really popular is four in a row games or X in a row games. So Connect Four is the one that everybody knows. But there's lots of others, too. mm -hmm. We love uh, Pentago, where the sections of the board can rotate.
0: Yeah, so it's like tic-tac-toe. Kind of can meets, connect four meets like, I don't know. I'm it's, to, a, it's, a, it's the board know. moves. Yeah, like the board moves. Like the board is like quadrants. And on your turn, you like place a little like a little token of your color, hoping to line up four in a row. And then you take a quadrant of the board and you rotate it, you know, like chunk. <laughs> degrees in one direction. it's really
1: neat quarto is another one we do a lot it's mm. got these 16 wooden pieces they're all different like eight of them are tall eight of them are short eight of them are light eight of them are dark eight are square eight are circle eight are hollow eight are solid and all you gotta do to win is get four in a row that have one thing in common with each other
0: but the thing with quarto is that would be too easy of yeah. course right <laughs> like too easy like oh i'm gonna put this here uh how quarto works is when it's your turn to play a piece onto the board your opponent picks it for you and hands it to you <laughs> like oh i see you're trying to line up you know four like holy pegs there well here's a solid one (laughs) enjoy that and And it's also tall when all of your other ones are short and it's also dark (laughs) naturally
1: though when you win that one you do so with a piece that the other player just handed you so it's like oh thanks I win so it's a really good game for trash Mm. talkers
0: I think I have seen people come to a standstill in that game, like, once. Like, this, like, uh, one time, they were like, yeah, what do we do now? We filled up the board and nobody wins. One of the problems
1: with games that are built on the fundamental underlying engine that is tic-tac-toe is that tie games are a thing that can Mm -hmm. happen. But the way you fix that in Quarto is you add in the advance rule, which is in addition to winning by getting four in a line, you can also win by getting four in a square that have something in common. And the tie games will magically go away.
0: Mm -hmm. But even still, like, I see them happen, like, very, very, very it's rarely.
1: It's true. that's true. Uh, probably my favorite X-Nero game would be Yinch.
0: Yinch was good. Because
1: it's so swing and dynamic. It's got... Mm-hmm. The, the pieces are Othello pieces, so they're black on white side and white on the other. And um, they and, and they can flip when you pass these rings through them.
0: Yeah, it's great. So again, the same thing. You're trying to get, you know, 500 your color by, like, moving these, like, like like these like, hoops around. And mm-hmm. you're moving them from one end of the board, and then anything you cross gets flipped including things that are your color. So, you know, if you want to get five black in a row, you've got, well, I've got three there. If I do this, then I'll flip all of them. And then those three black ones become white again. And then only those two turn into black ones. And, uh, ah, you know, that's the one
1: I tend to bring out for players who are a little bit interested in something a bit more advanced mm-hmm. because it's uh, it's because it's crazy swingy. The the it can turn on a dime. It's it's surprising. And that's hard to do in an abstract game where everything is out there on the open and everybody can see it.
0: Mm-hmm. So we've mostly talked about abstract games that play two. I don't think any of the ones we've listed so far play more than two people. There's a four player
1: version of Petigo, which is really good. But yeah, it's these have pretty mm. much all been two player yeah. games.
0: I think one of the one of the most successful abstract games that was built for four players is Blockus.
1: Oh yeah, big time.
0: So I think the appeal of Blockus it's a, it's a very different sort of abstract game. It's very much like you know spatial organization mm. you know like you have this board and you have these little squares and these little like chunks of squares and you just want to put them on the board
1: and everybody always says oh it's like tetris
0: yeah it, it is kind of like tetris it's like static flat tetris and that does a very different thing than a lot of abstract games you know a lot of abstract games it's yeah like chess analogs or yeah like yeah, you're four trying to move row. your pieces from here over to there mm-hmm. this is a very much kind of like a like a space management thing which you yeah. don't see very often in games with no theme it's
1: true it's true you're trying to grow into as much space as you can and get as much of your stuff on the board as possible Mm -hmm. and block the other players from doing the same that's the name
0: Blockus. Yep. yeah i never that never occurred to me until right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Blockus is absolutely an abstract game and it meets all the definitions it's Mm -hmm. perfect information everybody can see everything uh the pieces don't mean anything they're just blocks uh with shapes and colors uh no luck
0: no luck at all yeah no
1: hidden info so that's it's it's very much a pure abstract game mm-hmm. in that sense
0: so that was a lot of abstract games but there are more there are even more um what are some abstract games that are great uh onitama is great
1: and if you if you like chess variants yeah. Onitama is probably my favorite i actually like it a bit better than the duke
0: kamisado is also a good chess variant if mm-hmm. you like that sort of thing um Corridor is a good one. It's oh, corridor like,
1: so mean. Just, so mean. You're building this maze and you're trying to get to the other side. And you're but putting walls in to, people's exactly. way. Exactly. On your turn, you either move one space or you add a wall to this maze, and the first player to the other side wins. It feels mm. it's vicious.
0: Yeah. There's uh, there's churro too. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That one
1: goes all the way up to eight players, which is something you never see in abstract Huge,
0: games. Yeah. Just
1: adding these paths to this thing. Although mm. it does have some information. You don't know which tiles the other players have, so you don't quite know how it's going to go.
0: Technicalities. I
1: suppose. But yes. still, though. I mean, it's 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 also a game where the, these pieces are supposed to represent Jonathan! dragons, and the paths that these dragons are following oh represent God. their fate. How many I'm times
0: trying- do I have to say this?
1: It's almost Friday.
0: It's almost Friday, but it's not Friday. Okay, okay, okay. It's,
1: it's, it's, it's Friday after this, right?
0: Yes, it's Friday after this. Okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna cut it here. We'll see you on Friday. Bye. So I can stop telling Jonathan to shut up so often. Yeah, I'm starting I'm looking, to feel bad.
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's all.